This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. A Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and this afternoon I truly am delighted to be joined by both Jerry Taylor and Kevin Graham. What we have here in our midst is one of the originals and one of the, I was going to say newbies, Jerry, but you're no longer a newbie. You've kind of gone through that period and you're a staple part of the Axon team now. You're no longer referred I mean, to kind of, as one of the kind of new guys. It. Yes. And I'm not, what we're going to I'm do, not Jerry. Quite the noob yet. Nah. You're not the noob. You're not the noob. Um, what we are going to do, obviously, is have a look at some of Celtic's noobs. We're going to have a look at where we are sitting here in relation to the most recent transfer window. Uh, we're also going to be looking at January. I think it's massive for a number of reasons why we cannot become complacent. For for two big reasons, I think. The first one being the fact that we have got to satisfy Brendan Rogers. We've got to satisfy his vision for this football club. And also, and I'll start with this one with you, Kev, Whenever the uh, other side of Glasgow are in turmoil financially, which has happened for something like 12 to 15 years now, but whenever it happens and it comes to light, we cannot take our foot off the throttle, Kev. It's at these moments that we need to show our own true ambition and prove that we are um, not part of anything and we need to look after our own backyard. We need to 
um, actually be ruthless and show no mercy. That's it. No mercy. Who remembers that 1986 movie with Richard Gere and Kim Basinger? Who remembers that? No mercy in January. Brother, forget um, it. Have you seen that? Oh, it's terrible, man. Is it? Is I didn't right? like films. I didn't like films. You can't Here's my first recommendation of today. No mercy. Richard Gere and Kim Basinger. Uh, 1986 throwback, Jerry. Uh, can I give? Can I give? A, since we're going on that tangent early on, can yeah. I give a recommendation for a film I watched? Totally stumbled on it by accident last the other night. It's called Apocalypse Clown, right? And if you've not <laughs> seen it, <laughs> have you seen it, Kev? I want to see that already. Apocalypse Clown. <laughs> Apocalypse Clown. So basically, there's this group of clowns. They're all sad, different types of characters. But the apocalypse happens, and it's only them left over, right? So it's get the guy out uh, afterlife. <laughs> you know the guy that you know the guy that plays Brian out afterlife. Oh, you need to watch that. But Apocalypse Clown generally was a laugh from the start to the end, and that doesn't happen a lot. I highly recommend it. Right. So that opens up a whole new discussion. Our apologies <laughs> for anyone who's never tuned into Axom and has maybe heard that a Celtic state of mind is a place to talk about Celtic, but it opens up a new, a whole new Discussion. I mean, what kind of clowns are we talking about in the apocalypse? Are we talking uh, the the David Bowie clown out of ashes to ashes? He's, are he's talking like clowns. zombie There's clowns. There's an eclectic mix of clowns. Pennywise. There's an eclectic mix. There is a Pennywise-looking one, and she's actually puts in a phenomenal performance. Anyway, I digress. There we go. Go out there and seek no mercy from 1986, an apocalypse clown from Jerry's imagination. I think does it exist? <laughs> I need to check it. <laughs> but, but Kev, the original point talking to clowns was um, them across the road. Rangers. Them, Aye, them across the road. Whenever there's financial turmoil, um, I sometimes feel as though we can become complacent as a football club. And this January, I think the timing is absolutely perfect coming into this January's transfer window. Um, we need to satisfy, as I say, Brennan Rogers, but we also have to show no mercy. What's your take on that? Will we do it, Kev? No. Bonnie. I've been in a room. That was a big build up for a one one up. No, I mean, I, I hold up <laughs> no hope whatsoever that uh, we are nothing but part of a cabal in Scottish football and that's what our board want us to be. That's well, for, for anyone, Kev, who thinks that we are funded by Celtic or the board or we've got some kind of inside take or favouritism, um, what I think today will show and what hopefully every show uh, will actually um, display is that we are independent, completely independent, completely independent of thought. There is no narrative being I'm driven by anyone other than us. I didn't even ken what I'm thinking at half the time. I didn't ken what I'm going to say next. So I'm, 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 I'm truly independent of thought. So you're being honest then. You're being honest. <laughs> you're not setting yourself up. The, the thing with that, Kev, it's so frustrating for me. I, mean, I keep going back to the early editions of A Celtic State of Mind when you and I are sitting there at the kitchen table or at your kitchen table and we're talking about drawbacks of the way that the board uh, approach certain matters. Things are great right now. Things are brilliant. I, I don't think we could have got a better manager in the door than Brendan Rodgers. You know, if we rewind a wee bit, right, Kev, uh, Ange comes in, we know what Ange became. But when Ange came in, there was disappointment in the Eddie Howe thing. You know, we were looking at, oh, mm -hmm. but we could have had that. We might have had that. Listen, I was delighted with Ange Postacoglu and what he brought to the club. But Brendan comes in where I don't think we could have got any better. Um, he's building 
his own kind of vision and style within the Celtic side that he's inherited. It's a bit of a hybrid team at the moment. Um, but January for me is absolutely pivotal. I'm going to throw this one over to you, Jerry. It's about ambition, isn't it? It's not about just doing enough. Uh, because if you just do enough, you end up getting pumped 6 nothing in Europe. And that's what we want to try and avoid. If you try and build something that is uh, going to be self-sufficient in Europe, then the domestic thing will take care of itself. We can't be looking across at our so-called greatest rivals. Greatest is probably the worst word I could have used. Biggest rivals, possibly. Mm. Oldest rivals, definitely not. But our, <laughs> big, our, our derby rivals, Jerry, we can't be looking at them and saying, oh, they're skint. They're not going to be um, reinforcing their squad. Therefore, you know what, we'll run with what we've got and maybe bring in a few loanees. We really need to go for it, I think. And, you know, some people might say you can't get any decent deals in January. That This is something that I think I hear a lot of, Jerry. My point is we need to build um, for our own ambition, not just to stay ahead of the pack. Yeah, definitely. So going back to the whole clown uh, discussion. <laughs> so if there's a circus across the road, what's the best way to kill a circus? Go straight for the juggler, right? Now, that might be a joke, but there's also... Sorry, <laughs> sorry Kev, mate, sorry. <laughs> Can I, can I get a pass? Can I just go there? Can I, can I just go after that? So I know it's, there's humour in that, but there's also some truth. So we've got to, we've had our chances and we should be, a, I think, a lot further ahead than what we are just now. Although I'm still very grateful for all the trophies that we have had over the seasons. I think we've, we've been great, but what's happened now is, Eventually, we've got used to this normal winning the trophies and a lot of trebles. And it's like, right, what's next? We're ready for this next step. We don't want to be yeah. taking these pumps in Europe. It's embarrassing. Are they ready to take this next step? That's the big question. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give them a bit more leeway until January because I'm still right off that transfer window as it wasn't Rogers. Let's just see because, I mean, I'm, I know I know I'm going to be wrong here. But who knows? Is Dermot going to put his hand in his pocket? Is he going to say, look, let's make a statement? No, Kev, and I totally agree with you as well, but I'm just clinging on. I'm clinging on to that bit of hope. Um, I don't think we're going to get the likes of, like, oh, I talk about Jota and all that coming back, but I think something's going to be in place to definitely make it a stronger squad. Is it going to be a squad that thinks it's going to compete in Europe? Highly doubt it, but I'm still going to hope. Well, we're just exiting another international break. That's three this season already. Kev, there's more international breaks than there used to be, isn't there? I mean, I sound old now. I'm, I'm like the, the guy that looks at a wagon wheel and say they used to be bigger and maddy. There, there's far <laughs> more international breaks now, Kev. I can never remember three in the space of half a season previously. That, Am I imagining that's, that's, that? No, that, there is because that's how they, because they're letting pub teams like Gibraltar and folk like that in. We have to how did that end up? I stopped following it after about 7 now. How did that end up? I didn't again. Exactly, you just lose lose interest I, in it, don't you? I, yeah, I, I don't care. But that, there's just mere international games now, eh? and mm-hmm. there's certain amounts. It's a money making thing. That's all it is. When I mean, you had the, the qualifiers last night, and I watched the Scotland game last night, but I had one eye on the NFL on my phone, and the Scotland game was on the. How did you get into the NFL, Kev? Is that a recent thing? Marcus Allen, nineteen eighty-three, Channel Four. So you've been into it that long? Aye, a forty-year love affair. I kind of, when it went on Sky, I sort of took a wee step back, but it was the last. During COVID was one of the big things to get back into it again because you were looking for things to watch and that, eh? And uh, 
I I just got back into it, really into it at that point, and now I'm I'm utterly. You're into the Raiders, aren't you? That's the team. Good question. Is there a yes, such a I, they've had there video is. replays for decades. Right, right. So, How does it work? Terribly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's never going to get any better. Brilliant. I'm trying uh, to be uh, positive. They, they, they still get it wrong. There are still times where you're actually, even though it's gone to, they could say, oh, it's gone to the bunker in New York because that's where the VA, that's where their video assistant is, eh? And like, you're going, you still get that wrong. How, how did you manage to get that wrong? It's typical eh, Americans. They try to make it a lot more complicated than it should be. And sometimes make, you're looking at the decisions, you're going, huh? How did you manage to get that, eh? I bet they, they do, though, eh? They can make oh, it. Oh, they do. Probably the referees yeah. are mic'd up. It's all show. It's all big hand signals. It's all. I mean, it see, like, when they're getting a free kick, they throw a yellow flag on the park. It's great. It's great to throw the card at them. <laughs> and, like, when, when the coaches want to make a challenge, they chuck a red flag on the park. It's just oh, shows. It's it just, is all it, about the show time, isn't it? No, it's an entertainment. Yeah. And they didn't, and they never deny that. And I, and I didn't look at anything bar an entertainment, and it is uh, an entertainment, eh? And it's even though it's a sport, they know for a fact as folk are spending their Sunday afternoon watching this, so it's got yes. to be entertaining. And they do their damn best to actually make it entertaining. That's why I, I started calling. That's how Scottish football doesn't doesn't work. <laughs> the thing with Scottish football is it needs to introduce new creative uh, influences. It, you know, individuals who can come in. You, you see big companies doing it when they rebrand a company, Kev, and, and they bring in the professionals. I think there's a lot to be said there that we could improve because the one thing they've got uh, in their canon, Scottish football, is a fan base. You know, there, mm-hmm. there's plenty of um, nations out there who are not as well supported as Scottish football. And, you know, I think that if it was done right, we could be that wee nation, you know, punching above our weight, to use a, a well-worn cliche. But, you know, that is relevant. You mentioned um, the, the Scottish national team, Kev. I know you follow them. But, again, it's different club and country. I get it. But Steve Clark has shown that with the resources you've got, you can maximise it, right? And we're starting to um, get into and qualify for finals of tournaments, which it became the norm that we weren't for a long, long time. Aye, it was, eh? I mean, you look at, if you're a chairman in Scottish football or an owner of a football club in Scottish football, you've got two things to do. Put, on a, put a successful team on the park and make money. And all 11 in the Scottish Premier League, apart from Celtic, fail to do that. They're idiots. They actually fail to do that. They'll have vast amount of empty seats. You mentioned you mentioned Steve Clark there. Have Kilmarnock boosted on after Steve Clark was full no. in the stadium? No. no. They have not. That's a failure. That is a complete and utter failure. They could have boosted on at that point. Eh? Mm-hmm. The chairman and their... It's parochial sausageism, man. They've got sauce, oh, mince meat for bread. Parochial oh, sausageism. Is that, is that uh, another 19, mid 1980s movie featuring Kim Basinger? <laughs> 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 Kev, I'm going to ask you the question, and it's a bit of a diversion. We'll get to the Motherwell game, I promise. But one big example for me, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if you can pin a date on when the Ultra Movement um, arrived in Scotland. I remember. Celtic fans love affair with St. Pauli. I do remember it being spoken about in the pages of the Not The View. Celtic had a pre-season tournament in Germany. And I remember that a group of fans 
God knows why they'd be at the Reaper ban, but they discovered the Jolly Roger and the St. Pauli thing and the whole movement. And, you know, that for me, you know, correct me if I'm wrong in the comment section, was the first, certainly the first in me becoming aware of this St. Pauli thing, the ultra movement. Now, if I'm a, a football man in terms of being involved in, a, in a, an actual business, a, a football club, Kev, and I see that there's a movement and there's an appetite for it and a younger generation getting into it and wanting to wear the tribal colours and all this kind of stuff, I think, brilliant. Let's get right in about that and let's work with them. Let's engage with them because what they're doing is they're bringing a new kind of element into your stadium and potentially new fans, another generation of fans who get into it. You see it all around the, the country, don't you? We kids with drums. There was a drum. There was a wee kid with a drum at the St. Rock's oh. game, Jerry on the side of the park and it was brilliant and he was getting into it he couldn't have been 12 year old this kid so it's bringing the colour and the enthusiasm into the football stadium Kev but what they've done in Scottish football is they've made it difficult for the fans they don't want them in the stadium no they didn't want them there they didn't didn't go to Scottish football and enjoy yourself because they didn't want you to enjoy themselves they want you to spend 33 quid to watch utter crap and they'll tell them, you'll have some wee steward telling you to sit down. You'll be getting kettled with the polis outside. You could get battened with the polis outside. And you've got clubs that just didn't want you in the stadium. That wee boy, with a 12, that 12-year-old with a drum at St Rocks, he's a generation that will probably never get to a Celtic away game. Night Racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blakey, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. Because yeah. the tickets are not going to be there. Because yeah. eventually they're going to shut us all out. Mm-hmm. And that's a gen... All these wee guys will get used to watching the away games on TikTok and rubbish like that, eh? Because they will only know what it's like to go to the games. They will only know what I was like in the 1980s to jump on a bus and go to Capo and get lifted over the turnstile. And, and that was... It just wasn't the home game you were going home and away at that point, eh? And the clubs are trying to stop that. And Scottish football's trying to stop it. And there's no doing nothing to actually sort it whatsoever. They're just it is bizarre, being, uh, It's an utter bizarre feel. It is. It is. And uh, by the way, you've just reminded me that you posted some fabulous pictures from your trip to Lisbon, which was your first European trip, I believe, wearing yes. that vintage retro Celtic tracksuit. I also I had that, I still, I, I wish I still had it. Ah, it's a cracker. I really do wish I still had that shell suit. It was just I, at the time that Umbro were going a wee bit bonkers with their designs, mm-hmm. right? And zigzags were starting to be in vogue, right? Um, again, another wee diversion, but talking about football jerseys, Jerry's wearing one of the finest. And I've said to you in the past, Jerry, I'd love that in canary yellow with the green pinstripe, oh, yeah. the green I... V-neck, the green cuffs, all that. Um, but i seen this morning that fo- footy headlines um, have announced that uh, Celtic, well, they've kind of leaked. It's a wee teaser 
that uh, Celtic and Ardidas are perhaps working on a yellow and green away kit. Uh, I'm all for it because it reminds me of the centenary season, Jerry. Yeah, definitely. The, the new the new home top's still not grown on me. No. And I think if it was, I thought, no. Still love the team, but I'm sorry, don't like the top. Don't like it. And I think it's because I'm getting spoiled with all these retro top tops yeah. that we're seeing. See with the limited edition one that came out, it's my favourite top. I, I, I was spoiled for a bit. I think there was definitely a... I think that they're starting to leak things out now to their pieces because I know I don't think they would have sold as many home tops this season. I think that no was a big mistake. I think no it was a huge... is genius, Jerry. I mean, I, I got a wee look under the bonnet when I was doing my book. I'm not plugging it. The link isn't under the video. I was doing my book and I was in taking pictures of... <laughs> I was taking pictures and it was the... Um, the remake of the 1990s away jersey, black with the green and the white stripes, Kev, one of the finest away jerseys Celtic have ever had. Just the shame that the likes of Gary Gillespie and that used to wear it because it was a brilliant kit. And they were telling me that they could not keep up with demand. I was in there getting a picture of, I think it was Kilgo's match one jersey for the book. They could not keep up with demand. And I was like, well, it's a no-brainer. If you're going to release that classic and you're going to make it and, and be true to the original, but obviously give it a wee modern twist, it's going to work because you've got the old generation like us guys who remember the jerseys fondly, and then you're buying them for your kids as well. And, you know, I, I think it's a no-brainer. That jersey, Kev, I'm going to ask you again because I know that people tune in, tune out, you get new guys coming in and girls all the time listening to Axon. But Kev tells a story, Jerry, and I'm going to ask you to share it with us, Kevin, about the time you found yourself in one of the fans' forum uh, kind of group think tank things oh, right. um, and they were talking yes, about yes, yeah. yes I know he didn't know what was coming there was um, coming. they were talking about I think it was New Balance were, were considering uh, colour schemes or colour ways for away jersey take it away Kev it's your story I, I just it blew me away when I heard this I oh this is a few years ago. this could be about 10 years ago now was it New Balance or Nike no it was New Balance it right. was definitely new so maybe 2016 when, when, whenever we, we released that pink away top, which was meant mm. to be based on the Lisbon colour. Take it. Take it. Well, I, I mean, talk about a tenuous link to Lisbon, eh? Oh, there, was a, there was a pink section of the ticket. Therefore, we're going to release the service away. Aye, I mean, Brilliant. I'm not going to take the credit for the fact that we got a pink top. I'm not going to take the credit for that because the other options were utterly hideous. <laughs> I'm not being funny. That pink top was a very much best of a bad bunch. You're talking about that they were looking, New Balance were looking for a third kit not to represent Celtic colours. So a bit like what Adidas have done with the, the, the green and the, the sort of, what's it, did it count what colour that, that away top is? It's a silvery green, silvery Lava lamp, Are we talking about the music, uh, the apparent music one? Yes. Yeah, that one? Uh, because uh, I had a good chat with JP about that. I'm thinking, oh, right, yeah. so so Glasgow is famed around the world for the music and the music scene and venues, Kevin, the culture, right? And then you come away with that kind of thing and we'll try to figure out, right, so how is it music related? Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure. And I thought it might have been the centre of a seven-inch record. Remember the centre, the wee plastic bit that you can put in. It looked similar to something like that. But you could have based it on, you know, the stars, which are not only relevant to winning the European Cup, but also to uh, the Barrelands, you know, down, down, in, down in the Barrels. Anyway, I, I'm, I bought you in there, Kev. Go with it, because, it, the, as I say, for an absolute <laughs> it, 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 it jersey, like, it looks, it looks like, a student, like me, this is great. 
it looks like a student's lava lamp, doesn't it? I actually quite like it, but uh, that's got that sort of lava lamp thing with. Paul's looking at me going, what the hell's a lava lamp? Yeah, I know what a lava lamp is, eh? quite a psychedelic wee right. thing, but it, it, there was a renaissance for them just about 20 years ago. Remember, everybody had them. I might get them shiny it. because it's looking a bit grey there. And you've got a lava lamp. They stopped wearing hipsters in the studio. West End. That's yeah. It. I'm just going to get loads of lava lamps behind me for people complaining about how bland it is. Right. Uh, anyway, so I was in this room. Anyway, I was in this room and it was quite weird. They mean, so they're, they're trying to pitch a third kit to six guys in this room who are all late 30s, 40s, 50, right? So there's no, no youngsters there. There's no youngsters who they're, who they're aiming this top at. But then they started going, the, the guy from New Balance went, aye, it doesn't need to be Celtic colours. What do you think of a navy blue kit? Because we're a Scottish side. Wow. Maroon was another option. Brilliant. Brown and white was another one. I get the St. Pauli thing with the brown. I get it. Uh, and the maroon time. one was, it was like the Ajax. Like, mm. Perhaps you used to have was, one like that, Kev, when Andy Lynch played aye. for them. I went, I don't mind if it's pink, a luminous green, a luminous yellow, but you cannot have another colour of a Scottish team uh, anywhere near that Celtic away top. No. If you've got to make it, it's Man City at this point, and they're still there, their away tops are utterly wild, like the FUD kits, eh? And that's that's where the guy for New Balance was uh, were going at. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid to admit I was part of that pink kit, but I actually saved us. I saved us. Oh, Jesus, really a lot right, right. Okay. And I've never been invited back. You've never been invited back, but that's for other reasons, Kev. That you know, there's still uh, legal papers and everything to be served on that. <laughs> so that's why you're no ass back. But Kev, I've got to say though, we opened up this discussion talking about the uh, narrow-mindedness of Scottish football and the fact that you need to bring in new creative minds. And you mentioned the NFL. We're talking WWF. It's Barry Hearn spoken about Scottish football can be marketed better. But when you bring somebody from the the outside in, as this clearly demonstrates, they don't always get it, do they? To to suggest that Celtic should have a a blue away jersey. I, I could get what he was trying to say. But he was just going at it for a sort of art student fashion designer way. Like he was looking for tenuous links. Like mm-hmm. that this the fun kit this year, that's a tenuous link to iMusic of Glasgow. No, it doesn't no really just say no, we wanted something fancy and that's it. Stop trying to get a tenuous link. If we get an aluminous yellow away top for the fun kit next year, go I were aiming at it wins. Just come out and admit it. Just come out and go. Aye, this is nothing to do with our history. It just looks, it look great on four-year-olds running about playing football. So do, you yeah. do you remember? Do you remember George Campos? Do you remember George's Campos, the Mexican yes. goalkeeper that designed his own strips? He designed his own goalkeeper strips. So maybe get him in next time. Eh? I loved him. I loved the goalkeeper. And my favourite goalkeeper strip. Aye, my favourite goalkeeper strip. And you'll think of Arthur, Arthur Boric, the grey that had the line. Yeah, go lad. Do you remember it? And I had that cool swipey line that went across. I do, no, it's not that one. But and he had, he also had that dodgy tattoo coming from under his ear that went in the same kind of direction. But what I was going to say, Jerry, with, with regards to the home top, it seemed a bit bizarre to me because you don't mess with the the clean hoops. But the reason I brought it up is, as uh, Kev quite rightly says, 
so often they get people in with not a great deal of knowledge about the club, the culture of the club, and the fact that even, you know what, don't mess with the hoops, right? So they come in with these big, big ideas. But what always gets me time and time again, it needs to be signed off by someone at the club, right? And they should know better. So the people's Ford thing with the red, white and blue and all that, we could get right into this. Uh, just go and buy the book. That's all I'm saying. Go and buy the book. It's all explained in there. But Jerry, yeah, green and uh, yellow away kit for me. I'll be ticking that box all day long. Um, loads of great content uh, comments rather coming through. But before I bring them in, lads, new and old, we won another award last week. I might have mentioned it. I'm going to have to update that wee graphic on the right-hand side of the screen. But the reason I mention it is because I'm thanking you, Jerry. I'm thanking you, Kev. I'm thanking everybody in the comments section who makes the Axon Bulletin what it is. And that allows us, because there's an audience, it allows us to go and make other content like the Pierre video, Willie Hawkey interview, Fran Alonso interview that Jerry did, and all the other stuff that's on that channel. It allows us to create live events to bring people together, raise money for charity. It allows us to develop our own merchandise, sell that and pump it back into the, the operation. So, guys, I wanted to mention it to thank yous for being part of this thing they call Axom, a Celtic state of mind. Kev, you'll remember back in the day when we got the first nomination and how bizarre it was. And I just jumped on a train, went down, and before you knew it, my old fellow was shadow boxing with Neil Roddick. It was one of these <laughs> bizarre kinds of nights. And here we are all these years later, Kev, and we're still there and we're still punching because some of these operations are massive. You know, some of the bigger ones are massive down there, aren't they? They're massive, ain't it? It's a, and it's a testament to your hard work, Paul, rather than me, me and Jerry get the easy job. We just come on here and blather about Apocalypse Clown and <laughs> and stuff like that, eh? And mean, mean, mean. Last week, the, the night that we won the award, mean during that day, I think I was talking about Taron drives and that on the podcast. Thank God, nobody for the, the selection panel actually did watch. Did they watch that? Because I wondered what the hell I would have been going on about. I was no, watching in the car on the way down the road. By the way, Kev, I was I was watching it. You, James, I and JP. Um, no, it's testament to your vision and the plan that you always had since we were sitting at that kitchen table on, uh, was it 11th of June? I think June, 2016. Oh, yep, and I had my, you you were a big fan of that journal, Kev, that I used to put all my oh, thoughts it was in. Made, it was made for the tales of mermaids that swim and leave, isn't it? That's yep. what it you do a leather-bound book. That's that. like oh, oh, in the water, I'm not quite sure. But yeah, the plan was done back then, Kev's, Kev is a, a witness to that. It was all planned out. This is what Axum's going to be. And if you read it on that day, Kev, it seems like a lofty ambition. But bit by bit, you start building up there. Start at the kitchen table, take it into your studio, build your own studio, and then take it from strength to strength. Big part of that for me, though, Kev, is just having that fixed goal and don't let anybody deviate your thought process from that. What wasn't in that book, though, was the force for good that we've become for in people's lives. I don't think we could have ever expected that when we were sitting there blaring in 2016 about how January was going to be important, how we should strengthen for Europe. Six years later, we're still talking about the exact same thing. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, I don't think we actually realised the amount of messages in that we would end up getting that this is a daily part of folks' lives, even, even at half past 12 or the listen on the audio now and, and that has, it's humbling. 
mean, it is really, really humbling to get people coming up and talking to you and that. And that was that wasn't in that book because that was unpredictable, really, was really very, unpredictable. Right. And it's probably the greatest for me. I think that's the greatest achievement I have been involved in. Actually, I mean, all the awards are great. The awards are testament to your hard work and that, mate. But the fact is, like, somebody will come up to me and go like that, as if they know me speak to me and go like that or oh, you've played a major part in my life over the last three years ah it's quite freaky didn't get me wrong if i kind of step back and make sure that you're not going to stab me or anything like that didn't didn't take offense just like but i but, uh, uh, it is quite humbling and it's, it's for humbling. me it's for me it's the greatest part i take it part is. in this oh it is kev absolutely and obviously jerry's had a massive impact um as well recently well, no, the bit, jerry well, see, uh, well, of course, you meet good people. You meet Kev, good mate, people. Uh, well, this is it. Let me let me echo that because I, like I say, I'm I'm new to this, and the likes of yourself and Kev, uh, JP, and that I'm I'm genuinely like the way I see it, we're still the Vikings out here fighting away, and usually like, the the Thor and the Loki's that I'm looking up to now. So it's it's not lost on me how long you guys have been doing it, and I did have a bit of the whole Alistair Johnson syndrome when you won the award because I've only been here six months, like he was saying at the end. Uh, um, when we won the title last season. However, it's been... I felt like Meryl Streep after the Oscars in the morning. I was what to thank everyone for that, but <laughs> I just want to echo what Kev's saying. It's such a testament to your hard work that goes on behind the scenes that people just don't see. Um, I'm furious that you went up to a the award in a suit, though, mate, so you need to think about that next time. I was going to wear my shell suit top. I've still got the... Uh, tracksuit that Kev was sporting uh, when he you went to Lisbon. Did you know that, uh, I don't know if I've told you this, that they, were going, they asked me to present the award, but they were scared I was going to drop it. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. Top goalkeeper. Talk, goalkeeper. No, there was one thing I wanted to mention is um, it wasn't a case uh, taking it. When you go down, I would never, ever be so, I don't know what the word is, to be honest with you, uh, to think I was going to win. So I never have a, a speech, right? And I remember uh, one year putting my hand into the pocket, uh, the suit I was wearing at the time, and when I pulled it out, it was my wedding speech. I thought, I better not say that, right? And that's a true story, by the way. It was still in the, the suit pocket. Um, and then I went up on Thursday, and when I got it, I thought to myself, right, we'll just say thank you. But the Anfield Rap guys were in there, and Kev knows this isn't made up because we have always spoken about the Anfield Rap. And I used, I remember one day out in the back garden, cutting my grass, listening to it on, on my, my earphones, probably these earphones, and uh, thinking to myself, there's, a, there's definitely, for me, a space out there 
for Celtic to have, Celtic fans to have something similar. And we've had the great pleasure, Kevin, you and I, of speaking mm-hmm. to these guys. And obviously, John was on talking about Nat Phillips earlier on the, this this season. So, yeah, give them a wee shout-out. But then I thought, right, what's important here? It's not about the whole, aye, aye, let's just do charity work so that we can shout it for the rooftops that we do it. What I was trying to say to the people in the room is you've got, I think there were 600 people in there. So there was maybe 130 finalists or something like that. So that what they're saying is they are the biggest European content creators um, on the planet. And uh, what you can do is actually you can use your platform for good, going back to what Kev says. And I said we, we've made 100, 100 grand for charity. That This shows you never underestimate the power of your platform. And that was the point. And it kind of got drowned out, but that was the point I was trying to make. Um, and obviously uh, Emma Jones, who was presenting it, the, the trophy, the award, she was at our table the previous year talking, and I was talking to her about Leeds United, and obviously I was talking to her about Held. Remember Held? So most, most, you remember Leo Held? So I was talking to her about that, and most guys that were coming up weren't really talking to her about that. They were chewing her lug off and trying to get selfies, and she probably thought I was a, a quirky wee weirdo that I actually wanted to talk to her about Leo Held's chances in the Leeds United first team. But obviously uh, it stuck with her because she, she's, uh, I'm not on Instagram, but she's following in Missy's Instagram, and she is absolutely lovely, absolutely lovely, and the job she'd done, and a room is 600 people all by half time, probably a few shared bits in, uh, was sensational. So it was a great experience, but we will continue to use the platform for uh, the betterment of anything we possibly can. I mean, you, you, wouldn't actually, you, you wouldn't actually think that, eh, that you would get a room full of podcasters and vloggers who some of them would eat themselves and you fill them with alcohol in the dinner shop. Has been, been, been <laughs> comes up with these ideas. <laughs> they put them you know all in the room. You know what the scan was. You know what the scan was. This it, it, was, it was pie and mash. It was pie and mash. Mm. Tiny wee chicken pie and mash. That's what it was. I was like, mm. I've driven down to Liverpool. I could have, I could have had a kebab on my way in here, and it was pie and mash. There we go. So yeah, loved it. Thank you all for that. But Jerry, I know Sorry, that. Just- Mm-hmm. Just quickly on that, because you're talking about the impact that Axum Kev was saying, it's, it's all about the like people's mental health, all that has really reached yes. out. So just I got a message about so just want to say this out. It's a shout out for Isaac Sidaway, who's just had a heart transplant and he watches the show every single day and he's having to isolate in his house just now. His cousin Ryan North got in touch with us. So if they give him a shout out, we hope the recovery goes well, mate. I'm glad you finally get your new heart, and uh, he's a massive, massive fan of the show. So it just shows you, even like things like that. There's some mm-hmm. people in hospital listening, all that. Just don't know the impact it's having. So all the best, yeah. to you, Isaac. Isaac, yeah, all, all the, the best, best to you, man. pal. Another thing that I will say, I didn't go to Liverpool this time because I stay. I was staying true to my Sterling roots, and the only time a guy for Sterling wears a suit is in court. So uh, that's why I didn't go to the awards. The the giant yeah, Bar- for Liverpool, for no, I'm no Barfield Liverpool yet. Not yet. <laughs> there was there was a comment about check you kind of thing going down there in a suit, and I was thinking, what do you wear? I mean, my cardigans are all there. I could have worn a, a Val Dunican, but well, if Matalon are, are, are listening, <laughs> in, they could have given me a new suit. It's about time I got one. Happy Definitely. Monday, folks. Agree, the window must see us focus on players who can make an immediate impact. 
We need established talent that tangibly improves on what we have currently. Left back and goalkeeper are a priority to double denim. Thanks for your comments. We'll all have views on where we need to strengthen. And of course, because it's Celtic, there's going to be literally dozens of players linked with the club between now and the end of the January transfer window. And during the, the bulletins, no doubt we will talk about a few that uh, tickle our fancy or pique our interest. Um, and Jungle Lion, January for me is huge. But as I keep saying, Jerry, not just because we need to uh, strengthen the side, but I think we, we all know areas of the team that need strengthening. But I think we've got to keep Brendan happy because he's still in that state, that, that moment, that honeymoon period where he's not getting annoyed and falling out. For anyone who's read Mark O'Neill's book, and if you've not, I would recommend it. One of the best autobiographies that I've ever read. You can tell he's written it yourself, Kev, because if you get a ghostwriter, they've got a formula and all the books kind of fall into this formula. If someone's written it themselves, you just know. And apparently he wrote it longhand as well. Um, but he was talking about that that period where you're at a club and everything, it's as if it's never going to end. That feeling where there's a marrying of you, the club, the chairman, and everything's great, but it comes to an inevitable end. And you never think it's going to come to an end um, when he's at Wickham. He was the most successful football manager Wickham have ever had. Got them into the Football League for the first ever time. Won the FA Trophy, which is the non-league equivalent of the FA Cup. Two years running. Uh, but eventually it went sour. He then talks about taking the Norwich City job. Guess what? It went sour over a deal that involved Dean Windass. Remember him? I remember yeah. his son as well. And and when I was reading it, I was thinking to myself, yeah, it does. It always turns sour, Jerry, and we don't want that to happen. You Because we are, for me, sometimes the architect of our own demise when it comes to that. We've got a great thing here. We've got to keep, we've got to keep Brendan happy. And January, I think, is pivotal to that. He needs to be—he needs to be given a bit of control in January. Definitely, definitely. Because for now, I've said it previously. I always thought getting to January was going to be like a bit of a dodgy hurdle race. We're going to leap through a few of them. We're going to—we're going to stumble across a few, and the odd one like Atletico, we're just going to smash face first into them. We need to get to January so we can start leaping over these hurdles a lot better because he has been using a patched up team at times at the start. He hasn't got the people in. I don't think that he would have identified. I think there'll be a couple of real experienced players, maybe from the Premier League. Who knows? But they won't be playing there now for trying to sign them, that's for sure, because we just can't match the wages at all. And that's going to be the biggest individual hurdle for us is who can we attract to our game? Are we going to be in Europe uh, in January? Because that's going to be that could be a deal breaker for some of them. But is he just going to try and bring someone in January to bed them in, ready for next season? I hope not, because I really want to see January. We just come in and smash the doors down it, and just get. A... We haven't really we've clicked in certain games, but I don't think we've really clicked clicked for a full run of things, and it's not been helped with Hitati's injuries and things like that. Um, but. Yes, we need to strengthen in January. It needs to be a good window. It really does. Can I make Especially the point? We've got a lot. We've got a lot of driftwood, as we like to call it, mm-hmm. not deadwood. Um, so, I it's a big window, big window for us. It is. And what I want to say as well, though, because I mentioned you, Kev, just the other day in relation to a comment you made on Thursday. Thursday last week was unusual that I was able to watch Axon. It's very unusual that I'm able to just tune in and listen to your points. And the point he made was about Celtic not buying a 10 to £12 million player. And I've heard a lot of that in the comments. 
I'm not really stressing that. I'm not. I, I'm not. For me, I don't think that is always necessary. I mean, you look at a player like um, Josip Juranovic, right? Now he wasn't in that mould, Kev, that was your twenty-one to twenty-three. Um, one and a half to three and a half million quid. He wasn't, he was a wee bit older, but he was established at that stage. He was a, a, an international player. He was in a different kind of age bracket. He was that wee bit more experienced. Yet, he only cost us in the reason of two and three quarter million quid. I think Akimakis is a good example of it as well, Kev, whereby he's come in, top goal scorer uh, in the top league in the Netherlands. Uh, with international experience, yet he didn't. We didn't have to break the bank for him, and he was at that twenty-seven-year-old kind of level as well. I think that's what I'm, I'm trying to uh, suggest: is that we need someone who's established and who will make an immediate impact. And surely, two years down the line, from buying the two guys, Kev, that type of player is still available. It's all down to the scouting and the recruitment. Yes, they probably are, but those two players are no longer at the club. And those two players, if you want to believe the rumours, well, especially Juranovic was the reason that a certain CEO that we can't even remember the name of now got the bullet. Don McKay. Don McKay got the bullet because Juranovic didn't affect the profile and it was too much money for a guy that age. And they sell on value. But it proved that he did have a sell on value. That's a concern, Kev, isn't it, really? I mean, because at the moment, I think we need two or three guys like that. I don't mean we need a right back. I mean that profile of player. I think we need that bit of experience in there. We do, are you? And we do need that. Pro- any team needs that profile of player. Any, I mean, there's lots of comments coming in going that we need to put strengthen here, here and here. We can strengthen in 11 places on that pitch. And I, I keep on saying that. Any player that comes up, it's better than the guy that's got that first team jersey they now should be bought. But we won't they? What will they? We'll buy, we'll buy a guy that's maybe just slightly below the guy who's got that first team jersey and we'll develop him. I didn't see January being any different. We'll bring in a, a number. And I, I hate the, the fact that we're new used, some of the Celtic fans are now using the term project as a diography term. If we signed a 27-year-old as a project, I'm reclaiming the word. Any player that we signs a project, because he's coming into a project. It doesn't matter if they're 18 or 28 or 38 or 42 or whatever it is. They are a project, so I want to reclaim that. I see this bandied about, eh, with guys typing with one finger and that project, capital letters and and stuff like that, and I'm going, everything's a gamble. Everything's a project. Spending, but a lot lot of these things, it's it's an easy shot to take at the club. A very easy shot to take at the club. They go, either signing all these young boys to develop. Well, the last time I looked, we've done no too bad with it. We've failed in Europe. We have completely failed in Europe. But my beef with the club now regarding that is they haven't got the backroom right. They haven't went, look, we're in Scotland. We know for a fact we're not going to get a French right back who at 27 year old who's got 20 French international caps we can that's not going to happen but we've got things it's interesting to hear a talk about Harry Kuehl he's working with certain settings in the squad yeah, no it's, yeah. it's, 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 we've got enough money and I've banged on about this before we've got enough money you to want have, us to have a throwing coach don't you aye aye, <laughs> aye yeah. Yeah, those throwings been annoying too much with Greg Taylor aye. and the throwings what's been going on with that I mean, that guy, that guy with the long hair last night when I was watching the Scotland game, he was doing telling Greg Taylor how to take a throw in at one point. 
he had a, he had a, a pad out gone. This is folk were meant to be then. And like we know a, a corner kick coach that can tell Matt O'Reilly to get the ball across the first man. But this is where it's this we should be top notch behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. The guy in the dugout should be absolutely top notch, the best you can get. And that's where I think the board of let us done badly at certain points. It's, they got lucky with Posta Coglu. Very, very yeah. lucky with Posta Coglu. But Eddie Howe was the right profile of guy. Brendan Rogers is the right profile of guy. Where the club has moved it. And that's where we should be. That's where we should be actually sticking. But any guy that we that we're bringing in in January is going to have massive wiggle room for development because that's the type of player that will come to, come to Scotland. Another couple that I would throw into the mix as well, although they were a wee bit more expensive, were Kyogo and Starfield. A wee bit older. Yeah, if you were to sell them, as Starfield proved, you could maybe, you'll make your money back, maybe make a small profit. But they do a job that brings experience to your side. And I think that there was a naivety against Atletico Madrid, which I didn't like to see because there's no naivety for me anymore with Brendan Rodgers. I think he's went away and learned a lot of pragmatism uh, and his time away from Celtic, he's come back in. But the players on the park were naive. And, and it was as if we just couldn't defend. Some, I'm not going to say simple situations because you're up against a top quality side. But a lot of that for me was naivety. Um, and then on the flip side, you bring in someone like Nat Phillips, who had John Gibbons on talking about, and we don't play him, Jerry. So going into January, I think there's quite a lot of moving parts. You've got a lot of this uh, driftwood, as you call it, uh, because don't like calling human beings dead wood. But there are, there are a lot of these players who are simply not... Contri- I, I call them non-contributing players. If you don't contribute to Celtic, then you're either too young and you should be playing in the B team or you need to get out on loan or indeed we need to cut our ties, cut our losses and move you on. And I think that's something that has been a legacy. It's been inherited by Brendan Rodgers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They, they got rid of and uh, moved on quite a few players in the summer. We need to do more in January. We need to move on a few others. I, I totally get it. But in terms of the loan market, Jerry, we've got a couple of loanees in at the moment. Paolo Bernardo and Nat Phillips. And I ask myself, yeah, it's worked for us in the past. Obviously, there's players in there, you know, from Awata and Maeda to Jota and Kata Vickers, where it has worked for us to bring in loans, uh, generally loan to buy. How do you think it's working at the moment with Bernardo and with Phillips? Is it a mixed bag for you, Jerry? It is a mixed bag. I've, with Bernardo, I think it's more of his behaviour than it is his actual play. He's not giving him so the chance to be able to play as much because of all the stuff that's been going on off the field. So... I think there was potential there, and I think he might have blown it for himself. Um, when it comes to Phillips, I generally think that he's favoured by Brendan Rodgers among ahead of like the Lager Belks and uh, Nerovs, Nerov, Nerov. See now, uh, John Paul, JP is going to be Is it Nerovsky? Nerovsky. Aye. Anyway, right. So the big boy at the back, right? He's uh, the <laughs> Polish boy. <laughs> big Polish man. 
I think if there wasn't so much uncertainty when it came to centre-backs and all injuries, I think we might have found Matt Phillips higher up than we thought if skills hadn't come out. I think he's one of these It's like, you know, when you get that player, you go, I've got a really good player, but I just don't know how to use him just now. I reckon it's just unfortunate circumstances. I don't think he will stay, but you never know with Brendan Rodgers. He might send the, the, the big Polish fan away and he might uh, sell Lagerbell can keep a hold of Phillips. I, I can I can never second guess it when it comes to Brendan Rodgers. So I think it's obvious I think Phillips going to go because obviously we're not going to pay that wage to someone when they're sitting on the bench a lot of the time and we can use these other players because we could literally went for not having any centre-backs to probably we could play a full 11 with the centre-backs that we've got them now. So I think it's been a tough one the loan. What I did like to see was that we brought Phillips in last minute because they knew that it could have been a waste of money, but they knew something needed to be done because of how dodgy that back line was looking with all the injuries. So they acted on it, which I do like, and we've got to give credit where it's due. And they didn't just act and get somebody for the Kelly bench or something like that. It wasn't like a kind of Malumbu situation. It was they got some quality who had been proven in the Champions League. And I do. When I was watching, it was at Lazio. He was playing that he get, get hooked. Or was it Atletico? It was the Atletico. He came on, on against Atletico just he to show That's right. But he, came, he got taken off against Lazio in the second half. And a lot of people said he looked, he looked a bit pissed off, but he didn't. He looked buzzing still and he was trying to gear the crowd up and I thought he did okay so that was a long answer but I think they're all right. (laughs) no but you've opened up another question Um, and it actually focuses on the central defensive area this January which is something I didn't think I would have said because all the injury troubles that we had with our centre-halves have now been resolved Carter Vickers is back to full fitness Stephen Welsh having signed that new deal back to full fitness Liam Scales who we didn't expect to be here is now a first pick. And then you've got Nat Phillips' emergency loan, so there's a decision to be made on him. You're right, actually. I think taking him off and bringing on Carter Vickers, obviously Vickers was caught out uh, for the winning goal, etc., and all that kind of stuff as well. So I, I think you're right. He played all right, Phillips. Um, I just don't like him going forward so much. I don't think he's great yeah. in the final third. But I, I reckon that in terms of his composure, doing the defensive uh, aerial duels, the passing, etc., I've been quite impressed. But then the, the big, massive question, Mark, when you go beyond the Nat Phillips question, Kev, is the fact that we've got £7.5 million worth of centre-halves nowhere near the squad. And that, that does concern me because Navrosky um, is a guy that we had obviously signed to replace Starfield. You know, that's why he came in. He was the replacement. Roughly the same figure in terms of the, the transfer fee. Um, and, you know, I think in the, the few games that I've seen him playing in, I liked what I seen. I, I really did. I liked what I, what I actually witnessed. Well, he I, then gets in, injured. He's not been able to come back in. Um, Lagerbjelk is a strange situation as well. It's a curious, curious case because even when he was playing international football for Sweden, he wasn't making the bench. So there's a massive question, to, a couple of questions to answer in January uh, when it comes to the centre-halves. Before we get on to the left-back and another forward and potentially another goalkeeper, where do you see us coming out of the January transfer window, Kev, in terms of the central defensive area? What do you think we're going to run with and who's it going to be? I can't see Nat Phillips staying. I don't think he would be at the club if we didn't have the amount of injuries that we, that we had like, towards the end of that transfer window. I still, I've still got a wee sneaky suspicion that the only reason that he's in the squad is because it's in the contract. 
that, that I've, I've, I've just got a wee sneaky thing that because, as you say, for somebody as dumb as me, you've spent £7 million on two centre-halves, so why you got the guy on loan sitting on the mm. bench yeah. unless the other two are not fit enough? And then and it's a and it's a purely fitness football-based decision, eh? You know what I mean? If you're going, well, look, we've got Nat Phillips here who's fitter than they two, right? But he can play on that side, that side. It's a lot of considerations. As I say, Burnaby reappeared for nowhere. I mean, nobody knows where he was. No, suddenly he, re- he reappeared against Aberdeen. You've got Welsh there. Scales is going to get a new contract. Um, I still believe, look, Narofsky and CCV, I think, were meant to be the partnership. Mm-hmm. And it never worked out that way. And now Liam Scales has went in there and he's a ginger Maldini and he's the best thing since sliced bread and we're going to give him twenty thousand pounds a week, then he's going to end up going to Port Vale more than likely. But that's that's <laughs> that, 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 that's football. Eh? No, but Scales has surprised everybody. Same with Welsh, eh? Welsh is sitting there now going to sign that new deal as well, eh? Are any of the centre halves really, really good enough for for what we want? But yes, they're going to make a mistake. It was something James says last week, and I meant to pull him up on it. And he says, I, Liam Scales, has they looked at his depth in Europe? Mm-hmm. And I felt like going to to him. No, they've all looked at their depth, but Liam Scales less than other folk. And I think that's where the measurement is. They all look at their depth out of Europe, some of them. Some of them look completely at their depth, but Scales is handled it a bit better than, than some of the other ones. And I, I'm not, I didn't mean that to be bad, and I didn't mean that to actually decry your players. But in January, if Scale stays fit and Cameron Carter-Vickers stays fit and the partnership is solidified between now and the January break, I can't see them getting split up until injury, suspension, fire, flood. Exactly. Whatever, um, gets, in the, whatever gets in the road of them. It's going to be an injury now that you've said it, though, isn't it? Watch this. Guaranteed, As we come off this, it's going to be Scales, is it? Don't. Don't. Um, The the thing with Scales for me is there was that period of time uh, where you just expected it to come to a, a, a natural conclusion. You know, he's had, a, he's had this incredible kind of period, uh, this purple patch. But I think when you step up and play in the Champions League, which he has done, and... I don't think he's looked at a place. In terms of being in the wrong movie, I think the whole team looked like that against Atletico Madrid away, right? But at home, no, we didn't. Against Lazio at home, we didn't. Feyenoord was almost a write-off because we got two guys sent off and you can't compete at that level. You can't compete domestically a lot of the time if you get two guys sent off. So you're not going to compete in the Champions League down to nine men. But with, with Liam Scales, I just feel that Every challenge that's been put in front of him, he's he's dealt with it. I mean, he was up against a, quality, a top quality forward line against the Netherlands uh, for the Republic of Ireland. He's he's virtually a stapled on starter now for his international team. Um, and at this moment in time, it's not what you would have planned for him to be partnering in CCV, but that's where we are. And on form, he deserves a jersey. In terms of the backup, Kev, I think you make a brilliant point about Nat Phillips. Because you're wondering about Lagerbeer. Why is he not in the squad? Well, because we've got to have him in the squad. And that happens a lot. There's actually deals with loans 
normally with big teams blowing down down um, the leagues, that you've got to play the guy, Kev. You've got to give him <laughs> X amount of minutes in every single game. It doesn't matter how murder he is. Um, and that is because teams get to the point where they're desperate for players. Celtic were desperate for a centre-half. We call him an emergency loan deal. We were in that period of uh, time where we needed a centre-half. It was as simple as that. And in comes Nat Phillips. So I do think that he will move on. Um, he'll move back to Liverpool. And then what that will leave you with is Lagerbjelk and Novroski with two big question marks beside their name. I don't think they'll be shelled out. I don't think they'll be loaned out. It'll be a case of, right, we've made this investment and from January to the end of the season, Brendan Rodgers will have a good look at them. And I'm pretty sure there'll come a point for any of the given reasons that Kev mentioned that we'll need to use them. And then you could be looking at the, the original plan. You know, what will rise to the top eventually in good time no disrespect to Liam Scales because I love I love a, a resurrection I love a resurgence Tony Ralston's my favourite player I keep saying it but I think Novroski will eventually rise to being a first pick um, Lagerbelt I don't know I've got my doubts about Lagerbelt but we'll need to see how that um, how that transpires now Brian McGinty, there is a player in Bernardo. You can see shades of it but his heart is not in there I think what you've got in Bernardo is a natural midfield player who's very creative who is willing to do the, the tracking back and the defensive work which is why I think he's got the nod in Europe a couple of times by Brendan Rodgers whether or not his heart is in it I don't know obviously you look back at the last deal with him with Benfica it worked out pretty well we had a right good look at Jota first and I think Bernardo as the season goes on will be judging whether or not we keep him at the end of the campaign um, as well Robert Highland. um Get, I've got to I've got to admit in advance I didn't watch the Norway game. Um, I know that there was a lot of Celts and ex Celts involved. Probably should have kept an eye on it. But I've heard a, a lot of feedback this morning that Taylor was targeted uh, by the Norwegians and he didn't have a great game. Kev, did you watch enough of it to give a some kind of overview on Taylor's performance? The Norwegian right hand side was the, their strongest side. Uh, the wee mm. guy Bob that was playing there, or Bob B O B B. I called him. I started just started calling him Bob. Bob. <laughs> was, run, was running riot, and so was the right back. And I noticed a uh, Clark after he noticed that they're coming down the right hand side. He put Stuart Armstrong across there and moved Kenny McLean. Kenny McLean, for me, I didn't understand what Kenny McLean does as a football. I do not understand it whatsoever. He's a bit like, but I he did get targeted a wee bit, but let's not be funny. He's a downgrade on Andy Robertson and Kieran Tierney, who are usually out there, eh? and that's no slight on Greg Taylor. He, he is no. the, he's the third. And would he even have been playing if Arne Hickey was fit? Probably no. But Arn Hickey wasn't fit. So I think a lot of folk are, is, again, that he's an easy target. I'm blaming Kenny McLean and Ryan Jack for Greg Taylor getting roasted. Yeah. I just like blaming it, Ryan Jack for everything. That's <laughs> fine. I, I'm all for it. I'm that's, going to subscribe to that every single time. What, what, was really good, what was really good, though, was all the Celtic players and the Norwegian and the Scotland cap at the final whistle talking to each other in the, in the, in the centre circle. Eh? I know. That was, that that was that was quite Your eye compared to Taylor, it's like a little Aye, that was... You see the El Yunusi one? There's a picture of El Yunusi pointing at Hamden. He's like, that's where Celtic pick up a load of trophies. <laughs> exactly. By the way, I, I did like, I was a big fan of El Yunusi, um, even though yeah. Kev called him El Ahusi for about three years. <laughs> Jungle Lion. And I called him that last night as well when he came on. There you go. 
This is a good question uh, because I think this has gone a bit quiet. I've obviously had a few bits and bobs all, all over the last five days uh, that have taken me away from the, the usual um, social media obsession. Jungle Lion, is the protest still on for Saturday? This uh, obviously refers back to the statement that was made in relation to the Green Brigade. And there was um, a part of that statement, Kev, I don't know if you've been uh, keeping your eye on this, that said that had there not been a meeting or a discussion taking place by the 25th, which is this Saturday, against Motherwell, then there was going to be a day of action. Has there been any update on that, Kev? I haven't heard if there's um, what's going on or no, but if I was putting money on it, I would put money on there will be dialogue between the club and the Green Brigade at some point this week. This because week. Celtic Park is a morgue without them. And mm-hmm. the board can't cut their nose off to spite their face. No they matter what compromise. Aye, no matter what they actually think. Um they go on about our famous atmosphere and that the Green Brigade have been there for two thousand and six now. And we have used we've got used to them being there. And yep. I'm I'm not going to actually deny that. When you were mentioning about Ultras, the first ultra group in Scotland was the Red Ultras in Aberdeen, and I think they preceded the Green Brigade for about five or six years. Right. And the Green Brigade were the second ones in Scotland. Eh? Um, yes, we've got used to ultras being in the ground. And if you take that away, it's very difficult for any sort of atmosphere now to get gone unless it's a big, massive game, mm-hmm. unless, it's a, unless it's a European tie or anything like that. And Celtic, Celtic Park's just like a, the game against Aberdeen. It was silent. It was horrible. It was a horrible atmosphere. Uh, the, the goals helped and all that. But aye, both of them need to get round the table, slap kids together, have some custard creams and digestives, and light, light a couple of pyros and get on with it. Aye. You know the board are going to use that as an excuse, though, Kev. I mean, we know we need the, the Green Brigade back. It's deep without them. But the board are just going to point to, well, they, they weren't there when we beat Aberdeen 6 No, You know they're going to use that, aren't they? What gets me, Jerry, is they're so out of touch. I'm talking about the board here. Um, and I go back, to, and I keep going back to it because it was one of those moments that, that if it was ever in doubt, then it was rammed right home. It was when Ian Bankier was talking about European aspirations. And it was quite clear that he had none. He just felt, we're here, we're doing well just to be here. Like, you know, you're a tourist and you bought your ticket and you can jump on the roller coaster and all this kind of stuff. No, no chance. You've got to compete. But it shows you a, a real disparity in what we were talking about day in, day out on a Celtic state of mind and what the actual Celtic board were talking about. And, it, you know, it was, a, it was a chasm. It was like, there's no way there was a meeting of minds in the middle of that. And that's my big concern going on to what Kev said there about they'll meet up at some point in this week. Some of the wording of the Celtic statement for me would suggest that they might not. Um, you know, it was almost like a, a divide and conquer aspect of uh, engaging with members of the Green Brigade who no longer want to be a member and all this kind of stuff. So we will watch Jungle Lion. We will watch it with interest this week. And hopefully there is a resolution. I would love to see a resolution. I agree with you regarding that statement. There was a couple of things mm. going, oh, if you didn't want to be a member and we're coming see us and we'll reactivate your season ticket. Sly, sneaky. Ta- yeah. uh, uh, tactics that I've seen Try previously. Aye, Try that I've seen, Jerry, yeah. that I've seen previously, but this is a fight the board won the one long term. Short term, maybe, but no long term. 
No. Well, let's see what happens this week. Yeah, we do have Motherwell, and we'll be talking about that game as it approaches. Um, I've got to say thank you, every single one of you. Monday afternoon, well over 700 when people are at their work and doing various other tasks um, at this kind of time of the day. Uh, big shout out to everybody who catches it on uh, later on on YouTube. Please subscribe to the channel. Give us a wee thumbs up on the video as well, if you so desire. And if you want to come and meet us and uh, get involved in one of our live events, the next one is at Gracie's next month, just before Christmas, the final Axon live event of 2023. And it's with the big man, Johan Mialbe. Uh, really looking forward, never spoken to Johan Mialbe, really looking forward to meeting him, talking to him about his playing and coaching managerial career at Celtic as well. Obviously, he was part of Neil Lennon's team. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to that. There is a link underneath the video if you want to come along and uh, come along and say hello to myself, Jerry, Kevin Graham, and anyone else. Jim Orr's normally there. Big uh, Lloyd's <laughs> are normally uh, there as well. You can come and see us and slag us and disagree with us and buy us a wee lager tops or a shandy or even a Diet Coke, depending on what we're on. <laughs> I was on the Red Bull down south, Red Bull, just to try and keep myself alert. That's worse than the baby. Ah, I was on the Red Bull and I got home. It takes me two hours to drive home and I'm still lying in bed. What is anxiety and I can that stuff? (laughs) It's terrible, I've got to say. Thank you all for getting involved. Loads happening in 2024 for a Celtic state of mind. I know it's going to improve what we do and hopefully you can come along for the ride as well. All that's left for me to say... Tune in tonight at six o'clock for a wandering paradise where I'll be joined by Des McLean to talk about Bendit Like Bertie. Uh, thank you, Jerry Taylor, Kevin Graham, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.